Welcome one, welcome all, welcome back to the 21st episode of the Transform Your Game podcast. My name is Richard, and I'll be taking the reins as your host and moderator here today. Alongside me are my three co-hosts that are more than meets the eye, Kent. Have you ever considered piracy? You'd make a wonderful Dread Pirate Roberts. Kai. Slam Jam, thank you ma'am. And Joel. Hey there. <laughs> okay, now hold your horses because we are actually joined by another key guest this week. I know, I know, five is a ton of people for a podcast like ours. However, I think you'll find this episode is really and truly about our very special guest. The rest of us, minus, of course, probably me, aren't going to be doing too much of the talking, most likely. <laughs> I think most of our regular listeners to our cast and most of the readers of our articles we put up over at transformingame.net and most of the subscribers to our YouTube channel are pretty familiar with the four members I mentioned above. Well, we're here today with a special announcement, the introduction of a fifth member to our team. A little background, he's got a top four finish at Origins 2019, a top 32 finish at the very first EI under his belt. He was one of the minds that collaborated with Kent on that infamous COG combo deck he embarrassed me with on stream at PPT Dallas. Uh, and he's an all-around really good dude. Without further ado, Matthew Brower. Give a little spiel to the good people at home. Hey guys, I'm Matt. Um, I, uh, you might know me from the uh, YouTube channel Nanomachines. Uh, or you might know me uh, not at all. <laughs> uh, you might know me from just posting regularly on the forums. I've been uh, kind of active in the community since like before the game released. I've been like really, really excited to, to keep playing this game as much as possible. But uh, yeah, so like I've been uh, playing the game for uh, actually the entire time the game has been released, and I've been really excited to keep doing so, and I'm really excited to actually be with a team where I can actually talk about decks and not get anything leaked. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, so for those of you that worry the cast might get super cluttered, don't worry about that. Uh, Matt's going to cycle in with the rest of us to speak on some topics from time to time, but we'll normally rotate somebody out to make sure that the conversation can be easily followed at home by all you guys listening. Uh, with that out of the way, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't. First off, uh, and hopefully uplifting for all of you listening, uh, the annual Extra Life campaign is kicking off soon. This drive pushes for those of us who love gaming, variety types, to engage with each other and give back to the community through raising money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Arbitrary Hero, another content creator for TFTCG, alerted us to the cause, and is actually like one of the people throwing it, um, and we decided we'd like to broadcast it to you a little bit further, our listeners, <clears throat> in case you felt like participating yourselves. Um, we're not really sure what other ways we're participating, but passing along the information is something that we felt like was a, a good thing for us to be doing. Uh, moving on to the next bit of news, an update from the uh, Vector Sigma Sealed tournament that Kai and I mentioned in last week's episode. How'd you end up, Kai? Um, so I am out of the tournament because um, Triple Blade Flurry and Triple Supporting Fire are a real thing. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm knocked out as well, uh, both of us taking a dive in the quarterfinals. Don't worry, it's fine, we got our top eight. Um, uh, I expected to be so, honestly, after an honest look at my pool. Um, Dan, who was my opponent, uh, commented something similar when he saw that I was locked into playing a two-tall lineup, which I think, um, I don't know if if you guys recall this from our, from our sealed episode, but we talked about two-tall being like doom and gloom for your deck in this format, uh, just because, yeah, it's bad. Matt, Matt you can, anyway. Um, 
So that said, uh, one of the things that we did get to do, uh, we have a video coming out, I think, soon on the YouTube channel that's going to be talking through our build processes, uh, you and I, Kai. I loved that experience, and I think that both of us gave each other some really valuable insight on how we could build our, po our pools uh, more optimally the next time. Um, another bit on the day of recording, uh, or I guess like the day before the recording, was actually Monday this week, uh, the new Netflix Transformers series released a new official trailer. Did you guys get a, a chance to watch that? Oh, yeah, dude, I am salivating at the mouth i'm so ready for that i love watching a lot of the old transformers cartoons especially uh, beast wars uh, prime is pretty good too um and of course the original from time to time but especially beast wars and this looks like a totally fresh different take i'm really really excited for july 30th um, can't wait to see if any like card cameos of bots or whatnot get referenced and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. I said it before and uh, I'll say it again. Yo, sick trailer, bro. You did say that. Yeah. I remember seeing that on the Facebook <laughs> uh, Facebook when someone posted it. <laughs> Joel, what about you? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> do you have, do you have okay, okay. blackout? Do you have do you have any uh, do you have any intention of watching when it comes out? You can say no. There's no judgment here. I'm just curious. Oh, sure, yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, I I, I like watching Transformers. I, I didn't even realize it was coming out. I I honestly don't watch Netflix that often or even check Facebook. I'm I'm uh, quite techno technologically challenged. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it, man. Um, okay, I think. Uh, oh wait, wait, Matt, did you get a chance to see? Absolutely, bro. Okay. I, am, I am so excited for this thing. Like, uh, first of all, uh, Transformers Prime is my favorite Transformers uh, show. Blasphemy. Like, I, I, <laughs> it is. It is. I, I'm sorry. And I know the whole thing is supposed to say, like, oh, G1 first, then. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's Beast Wars. Oh, okay. okay. It's the same continuity as G1. Come on, get out of here. But anyway. The, uh, <laughs> like, so legitimately, Prime was one of my favorite shows uh, that I've seen, like, just recently, because it was, it had that dark atmosphere to it. Like, you had meaningful character death, character development. It was, it was really, really ni a nice blend between, like, the, the, the Bayverse action, where it's just, like, smash robot stuff like that. And kind of the, the G1-y kind of storytelling of, like, oh, here's this cool, random device that does something interesting <laughs> and it has like kind of episode of the week kind of thing and i'm really really hoping that it kind of abandons that episodic storytelling and kind of branches out into an overarching narrative i'm having like ptsd flashbacks to hearing optimus prime say our worlds are in danger <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like legit legit that. that opening just loops in my in my mind every so often <laughs> That opening is done. <laughs> Whatever Irish man they had to, to say, like, the, the, the Autos destroy the Yes. It's like, oh my god, that man's hype. <laughs> but, like, legitimately, uh, for some reason, I've just gotten some hard Transformers Cybertron vibes from this. It's probably the facial animations. It's probably that's what, I, what I'm seeing. But, like... Yeah, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing how Siege does. I'm excited too. I, when I was watching the trailer, I wasn't expecting very much, I guess. Mostly just because I thought that my, my expectations got like super, super lowered by the fact that I assumed it was going to have a huge delay from all the virus stuff. Um, but the character models look really sleek. I was surprised to see yeah. like the way they moved on screen. 
Um, I was expecting something clunkier, personally. Um, and I don't know, I'm just I'm excited to watch it. I, I, we were talking offline a little bit how much I've been impressed by Netflix's animated originals. So um, I think this is probably going to be one that falls hold of suit. Um, okay, enough of the uh, jibber-jabber. We'll move on to the topic at hand. Each of us has a handful of questions we wanted to ask Matt so that both we, as a, as a team, and the wonderful people listening at home can get to know him just a little bit better. Uh, Kent, why don't you kick us off, man? Cool. Well, I uh, just want to say once again, welcome, Matt. Uh, I'm glad you got onto the team. Um, this has been a long time coming, I feel. Um, anyways, my first question is, tell us... Who are some of your favorite uh, Transformers TCG bots and battle cards? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, because kind of like picking children, right? Because like sometimes <laughs> you want to go like, oh, well, what's the most fun to play? Because it's like, oh, well, kickback is one of the most fun to play because you just flip your entire deck when you attack with him. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. Let me go and flip 20 cards. I hope you don't mind. But like some of the more interesting ones where they have just utter paragraphs of text on them. <laughs> Those are some really fun ones to play because they have the most complicated rules, the most complicated triggers. Legitimately, I think characters like Springer and I think characters like, as in like uh, uh, Siege Springer, not the uh, not Wave Two Springer. We don't talk about that Springer. We do not. And uh, just cards like that where they're very combo oriented, but they're very just interesting, intricate cards to play. Uh, those are some of my favorite cards. That and Kickback and Demolisher because they flip your entire deck. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What deck archetypes do you tend to lean towards? Well, uh, again, I, I typically try to, to lean for uh, combo decks and decks that... So, like, I try to build decks which avoid playing the game as much as possible. <laughs> right? The, the less you, may, you play the game, the less chance you have to lose. So, like, I have uh, a lot of combo decks. Like, for example, Cog. Like, when I was building that one, I was like, okay, well, how do I just skip playing the game and win? <laughs> like, anything that, like, combos out the game or uh, denies my opponent uh, their play, big fan of that. Anything can kill something, but it takes something really special to do something that doesn't kill something and still win, right? That's just Look, how I think about it. Looking at you daring escape. Yeah. <laughs> Quick side note, actually... So I think I think you, like everyone here has been privy to my ranting about Daring Escape before in a character-based game. I recently have kind of had a change of heart. We can address this in a later episode because it's not really what this one's about. But I've had a change of heart. And I actually think Daring Escape is really good for the game. So we'll talk about that at a different point. I, but I just thought while while it would naturally fit in the conversation, I jutted in there. Hope no one minds. All right. So, what aspect of the Transformers TCG is your favorite, or what drew you, or if it wasn't that, it was what drew you to the game, other than the IP itself, obviously. So, uh, I remember, I remember seeing a, an article on Cybertron about a Transformers TCG, and I remember resolving right then and there, it's like, okay, I'm going to be good at this. <laughs> I don't care what it is, I'm going to be good at it. <laughs> and it was like it was like before anything had been revealed. It was just like the whisper of an IP that had been uh, copywritten by Asbro. I'm like, oh, it's being produced by Wizard of the Coast. All right, well, I'm in. <laughs> so that was one of the things that really drew me into the game initially was just the IP itself. But something that's really kept me around is honestly a little bit of background for me. I come from Pokemon. I come from uh, like 
10 years more of playing the Pokemon trading card game. And how you play the game is you have Pokemon that are in your deck. You need to draw into those Pokemon, you can search them out, and you actually have to play them from your hand. You can evolve them, power them up, and so on and so forth. When you're playing the game, there can be points where you just don't have anything. It's like you can open a card and say, wow, uh, well, I can't get any more Pokemon, or worse yet, I have way too many Pokemon, and I can't get any energy cards on them to attack with them. Uh, same thing with magic. Like, you can start a game with seven creatures in your hand and no lands. Or worse, seven lands in your hand and no <laughs> And you just sit there and go like, give me a land. Give me a land. Give me a land. Okay, I lost. All right, cool. <laughs> and one of my favorite things about Transformers is you have generally like three characters on the battlefield that each do something and don't require anything in order to function. Because like, you can just pick them up, flip them over, and do something with them. You don't have to have like a, a Pokeball in your hand to go grab a Lele to go search out a supporter card where it searches out three more Pokemon, you put them on your fetch, and then you can evolve the next turn. To do you don't have to do any of that. You can just say, Grenade Launcher. Attack. <laughs> <laughs> you can just do stuff without having to... Uh, hope your deck cooperates, and that's really one of my favorite parts about the uh, the Transformers TCG that I've been really excited about playing. All right, man. So why don't you tell me about the the gaming community where you live? So uh, the gaming community where I live is kind of spread out. So I live in Georgia, and I don't know if you guys know uh, the the gaming landscape for Georgia, but we have a lot of game stores. <laughs> uh, the running gag in Pokemon is that Georgia players are all so spoiled because we have just a bunch of game stores with a bunch of gaming supplies and a bunch of singles that we can just buy and we can just build decks with. Uh, the same kind of happens with Transformers in the fact that we have like a bunch of little groups of people who are all over the state. We have some in North Georgia, South Georgia, we have some in Atlanta, we have all these other places, and there's only like a couple of people who are in each location. But like sometimes they can group together and actually have bigger tournaments if there's like reason for the turnout. The but like one of the big things that I've really like been wanting is like a local meta. Because each one of these pockets, these little cells of people, have their own pocket meta. And it's so weird to just try to predict what people are going to play because you just don't know. <laughs> you hmm. like, oh, well, this group plays entirely Fortress Maximus. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> and you look over here, it's like, oh, all right, well, this is hyper aggro. It's like, okay, what do you play? Oh, why are you just opening up a booster pack and shuffling? Oh, no. <laughs> so you just can't tell from one day or another what you're going to see. So that's, that's really what my, my local metagame is like in my local community. We have some really good players, and but they're just so spread out that it's hard to get everybody together at all in one location. It gets like a nice little playgroup going. And it's one of my hardest parts about playing the game is actually playing the game <laughs> with, with, with someone else. But yeah, no, like other than that, like that's kind of my community in my area. All right, well, you're all the way over in Georgia, and... 
we're all over here in Texas, so so that 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 whole distance thing isn't going to change a lot. But um, now now that you're uh, now that you're with us, uh, what what do you think might be different about engaging with us and the game going forward? They don't have to, they don't have to be just good answers. I mean, you could say oh, yeah. <laughs> you could say uh, anything that's uh, for better or for worse. So basically, one of my biggest gripes about not having that like central cluster of people that I can go to is. Like and something that's going to be changing with getting into this team is the fact that I have someone to talk to Dex about. Because generally speaking, I just talk to my brother, and he barely plays the game. So whenever I say, oh, hey, I have this crazy idea with all these cool cards, and I, I can just see the life leave my brother's body, and he's just staring, <laughs> as he's staring at me going like, Oh my god, if he mentions another one of his bumblebees or his Optimus of Primings, I, I I don't even know what I'll do. And like being able to like actually talk to somebody about it and actually share my ideas, that's something I'm very excited about. Because I have a lot of really rogue ideas. And if I was say just to any member of my group that are just around, I know that they're part of these uh, like all these other communities that they might leak to. They might say, Oh wow. Well, this guy was playing this really interesting deck. I really think you guys should check it out. And then it gets leaked, and then other people start playing it, and then cat's out of the bag. And, like, I, I can't really playtest as much outside of just building decks and just playtesting with myself on my bed. But, like, that's one of the big things to be changing with uh, me joining a team. Oh, for sure. Um, and, I mean, you know, webcam games are all the rage right now, so I'm sure that we'll get some in. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, in the coming months. Once I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once things cool down a little bit for you. Speaking of that, um, one of the things I know that I, I personally, as far as like the rest of the team, I can't necessarily speak, but I'm sure they're excited about it too. Um, I'm especially excited about is getting you to be one of the people that's regularly or you know even infrequently contributing to our base of articles over on transformagame.net down the line. So I, I thought maybe just fill some of the people in. You did a little bit in your original spiel, um, but fill some people in with your experience with content creation up until now. So. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I used to uh, write for Cybertron.com. That's the S-E-I-B-E-R, uh, that one, Cybertron, Cybertron. Um, I wrote a lot of articles for them. Actually, I, I think I could still just pop in and write one for them, and I don't think they'd mind. It's just a matter of me not having so much time to do that in the more recent months. So, like, I used to do that, and I also have a YouTube channel by the name of Nano Machines that I uh, occasionally publish my own little... Uh, solitary rants about whatever random thing hits my mind and whatever random rogue deck I have in my mind that uh, you know I can upload to my channel. But uh, generally speaking, those are the, uh, the the forms of content creation that I normally do, the, the video and the article based. And I'm really looking forward to writing some of the uh, articles because I have a bunch of different ideas uh, for the transformyourgame.net. Uh, of course, once I, I'll only be able to do that once I'm done uh, writing essays for schoolwork, because, <laughs> because oh my, <laughs> writing seven essays in three days was uh, not very fun for uh, college. But yeah. Ugh. Cool. So we at Transform Your Game, we travel a lot as a team to major events and once things are safer and more stable and events are back um, in the fold, are you excited to get back to traveling uh, for the game and with us? And what do you think being a part of this team will change in that regard? So 
when I traveled to the EI, I brought my brother and my best friends with me. Neither of them really played the game, but I convinced them by saying, hey, you guys could grind in. It'll be great. Trust me. <laughs> they, they should not have trusted me. <laughs> they, they, they walked in and they lost the first round like every time, except for, except for Connor, my friend. He was like, he won like one round in, faced a bad matchup and lost, but uh, ended up rooming together in... Uh, but I, I kid you not, we walk over to this hotel. It's in just a terrible part of town. It's this pillar in the middle of nowhere, and the door is laying on the ground. The front door is off its hinges. <laughs> we walk in, there are doors just everywhere, because most of the hotel rooms have been cracked open. And we're staying in one of the few hotel rooms that actually existed in this place. So, uh, hopefully, one of the things that will be changing uh, are the travel arrangements. <laughs> because I don't want to die. <laughs> I really don't want to die. There's this thing called TripAdvisor. You know, you can, like, look into this kind of stuff before you go, well, right? Thing, like, it had, uh, like, the... It had, uh, very bad reviews, but like the most recent, like 20 reviews, were, like five stars. So I'm going like, all right, maybe they had a had a, a rough patch. Now they're going, but I didn't realize that like the renovations they was talking about was the entire thing is a skeleton that they're slowly putting rooms back together on. Like <laughs> where you're passing workers on the way in, you know, like <laughs> like you have to duck under the scissor lift as you're like going in into this hotel. <laughs> they they finally returned my two hundred dollar deposit on me, so because they had to they they held two hundred dollars from me because I, I <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> it was a mysterious experience and also their breakfast was very bad despite having a bar with pool tables <laughs> and broken windows is it uh anything anything outside of the travel arrangements you think might be one of the things that changes. Uh, yeah, I, I might travel to larger tournaments, like, around, because, like, even though I might not have, like, if I have my invite, like, right at the start, I might not travel around to, like, these bigger ones, but for, like, pro, pro play tour, yeah, heck yeah, I'm right there, man. Mm -hmm. But, like, the, like even, like, the, the big tournaments, because everyone's there and I get to hang out with my friends, I might be there, too. Like, the, like other times, where it's just, like, when I don't have that group, that, that group of people that I can just go hang out with, I just don't want to go because I'm a stranger in a strange land, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We had a blast going to, uh, all of us did, uh, or I guess not all of us, Joel, Joel unfortunately um, couldn't make it, but uh, the rest of us, Kent, Kai and I, all went to PBT Orlando together and stayed together. Um, that was a blast. We also went with um, um, who, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Holton. Our, our friend down from uh, um, gosh, oh, New Braunfels. New Braunfels. New Braunfels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he came and joined us as well, and we had a blast, honestly. Like, being able to travel with people uh, who yeah. are like-minded in regards, in regards to like, what they want from the game is huge for me. It me too. infinitely ups my uh, enjoyment of the experience. Yeah, the uh, I'll never forget uh, the night before the EI building my airstrike patrol deck. <laughs> <laughs> the deck that I was actually taking into the tournament the next day, I was literally building it. I hadn't even proxied it beforehand, uh, and I was like, I was like running through like all these different ideas with my friends because like the deck that I was going to play turned out to be really really bad. 
I'm, wait a minute, the entire meta's completely changed and this deck is not good anymore? Uh-oh. <laughs> that's gonna be another thing that's gonna be changing, because like, now that I have a team, I actually have people I can talk to about the meta, instead of just assuming. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I was sitting there, I was like, well, what do you guys think about this deck? And they kind of stare at me and go, I don't know, man. <laughs> you think it's good? And I'm like, maybe? <laughs> Guess we're going to play it anyway. <laughs> that is a definite maybe. <laughs> yeah, I play-sized it a couple times against a proxy at Shockwave. But, like, oof. <laughs> that was rough. They ended up pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, top 32 is not too bad. <laughs> All of zero days of playtesting. <laughs> All right, well, on a topic similar to that, what is your gaming, or probably more specifically, your card game background outside of this game, which you did mention before previously, but if you want to go into more detail? So, I used to play a lot of Pokemon, and to some degree I still do play Pokemon. It's just like, the recent meta has really been pushing me out of the game. Uh, Pokemon suffers from power creep to the child degree. <laughs> um, you you used to have cards that said, oh wow, 120 damage? Wow, that's crazy. How much HP does that have? 130 and it's on a basic? Oh my god, that's crazy. Nowadays we have um, these things called uh, uh, Dynamax cards that are about mm. 330 HP and can swing for about 400. Yep. <laughs> for like two energy. <laughs> Meanwhile, the 120 thing costs like three energy to use. It's kind of insane. And it's been not so fun. Uh, I will probably forever play Pokemon. I will probably forever keep tabs on it. Um, but like, as I started playing it when I was like, I started collecting it when I was seven. <laughs> and then like, I, I started just kind of hang out at Pokemon leagues. Eventually, I started. I built a deck at when I was like eleven, and then like, like my first girlfriend was from Pokemon League. Like it was, <laughs> like, it's 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 one of those things that's gonna be forever part of my life. But uh, like, legitimately, I've I've played Pokemon pretty much my whole life. My brother is far more accomplished at it than I am, though. Uh, he has gotten his world's invite for Pokemon for the past five years more um i've gone to uh the international championships i've uh i've done moderately okay i haven't like put my mind to it to do well at it it's just a matter of i'm a very casual player in that regard um but generally my brother is like the high high class player and a lot of my friends are really high class players so like i just kind of just hang around them but yeah all right. Well, Crystal is really the the the, uh, the the big game that I've been uh, really trying hard at. Well, okay. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, card games aside, uh, what what other hobbies? What other hobbies do you have? And I, kn I know you're in college, so things are really busy right now. But just wondering, uh, you know, what else is going on in your life? Oh, a lot of things. So I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a novelist. Going to try to be one. I'm an amateur right now. But uh, I've been uh, writing my first novel. It's up to about a quarter million words. And I'm doing my 
umpteenth rewrite of it at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I have a novel that I've been working on. I have uh, a couple short stories that I've kind of been tossing around. Actually, one of them is on Amazon right now that you can get for a dollar. Uh, so, so close yet so far. It's good. I like it. Just recently, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Siren Head. Have you guys heard of that at all? I don't think so. Um, it's a creature by uh, this artist named Trevor Henderson. Oh, I have heard of this. Sorry. This kind of big skeletal thing that has, it's like 40 feet tall, but it has a, instead of a head, it has a pillar with sirens on the end of it. And it makes noises and chases people and stands around creepily. My brother and I, um, we have a little bit of a, a partnership in that regard where we have made a video game together. So it's called Siren Head Retribution. Uh, Markiplier recently played it on his YouTube channel. Uh, Matt Pet played it. Uh, we had uh, 8-Bit Ryan, who's another guy with like 3 million subscribers. Uh, they've We've had a lot of people uh, uh, play it and really, really enjoy it. And I wrote the story for it, as well as the... Uh, uh, I did the, the entire sound design for it as well. Um, so that's something that I've been doing a lot of recently, is just like making like interesting things for games that I've been kind of toying with. I uh, have a couple of projects that I'm kind of chewing on at the moment in our regard, but other than that, it's classified. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I, respect the, I respect the self-promo there. I actually love that. That's great. <laughs> hey, I mean, it, yeah, man's got to hustle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's see. So I think, you know, kind of slanting things back towards the Transformers realm of things, what would you say are some of your goals within the larger umbrella of things attached or adjacent to the Transformers TCG? Um, I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> my goal is to win the EI. I want to create my own card, I, and it's going to be sideways. It's going to be sideways from Armada. That's going to be that's going to be my man. He's going to be in there. And, <laughs> I'm, yeah, that's my goal. My goal is to be the best. Did you I, have, did you have a a sideways like a, a what you kind of thought the card might be planned and ready when you went into EI, even though you built your deck the night before? <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. Um, I had like, like, kind of like I had like five different ideas that I had like for different things that I could do, like. But one of these uh, that I thought was pretty interesting was a reverse triple changer. Okay. Uh, like he would start in the unfolded mode, and that would be his alt mode. But you could flip him into, you could fold him into the Autobot or Decepticon side. He would start as a mercenary. He would be an Autobot or Decepticon robot modes. You're um, talking about yeah. like punch, counter punch, or yeah, double dealer. Like yeah, kind kind of like that. Uh, that was before headmasters even were a thing. Uh, of course, nowadays I'm going like, oh wait a minute, you could just have an Autobot helmet like he normally has to make him an Autobot or a Decepticon helmet that makes him a Decepticon and have them do different things. Uh, so nowadays I have different ideas for what he could do, but uh, yeah, uh, I was gonna have that really interesting little thing with that. And I was probably gonna end up making him like really cheap so he could fit fit into the uh, motorcycle archetype. So yeah, I was probably gonna just make it. Uh, the, I was gonna try to make it the uh, the motorcycle piece that motorcycles need to actually be playable. <laughs> they already they already printed that. It's Bike Gang, obviously. Oh, what well, Bike Gang? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our spoiler from Wave Five, Bike Gang. Just, yes. just kind of keeping the self promo train rolling. Oh man, like I I've, <laughs> I've been looking at 
spikes forever. And people are like, oh man, but what about playing it like this? And I'm like, you know, they could just kill you. Yeah, I think bikes, if they ever make like Retgar and the Junkions and all that, how one of them rides the bike and one of them's a bot and then they switch and back and forth and they heal each other while they're in the other mode and yada yada cool well i'm the resident lore geeky guy um on the team right now what is your experience with the transformers ip so i have been a transformers fan uh since i was a small baby (laughs) i uh i grew up watching transformers armada and i just kind of sat there going like oh my god this is the coolest thing it's a car that can turn into a robot wait what (laughs) (laughs) and it kind of started this whole thing that i just couldn't stop consuming the media i a lot of my free time i just explored the tf wiki i was like what what's this weird japanese name and i click on it i just read the entire article and be like wow that's what a train former is he's a big train man (laughs) <laughs> and then I like, looked over and was like, wait a minute, you mean there's a time traveler who turns into a clock? And I look, I click on him, and he's like, yeah, he's like this tanuki clock that can travel in time. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I've been like, it's, it's been like one of these things where I was like, someone could ask me a question about something from 20 years ago. And I go like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you the entire thing about that character that you did not need to know. <laughs> like, and legitimately, like, I've... I've been like a walking encyclopedia for a lot of a lot of my friends in terms of Transformers knowledge. Uh, even just the other day, uh, my uh, friends were doing a trivia night uh, at a local bar, and they called me up and say, "Matthew, Matthew, get in here, get in here right now." And I'm like, "What?" This is it's a Transformers question. And I'm like, "All right." So I get in there, and the question was, "What did Soundwave turn into on Cybertron?" And I'm like, "Guys, you're not going to believe this. It was a street lamp." And they're like looking at me, going like, "You're lying to us. <laughs> You're lying. You're obviously lying." And I'm like, "Put down the question. Is that street lamp? <laughs> Trust me." They got full points on. They're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we we, we didn't believe you." But yeah, no. Like uh, in terms of lore, I've it's one of my favorite types of lore to consume. <laughs> Cool. I look forward to you and Kent's uh, eventual lore lore face-off video that we'll have oh, to do God. one day. Then. Oh, that would be so fun! Like a like a um, like a game like, show kind like of thing. Yes, like a game show. Oh my oh, God, that would be great. Family Feud or something like that, where it's like something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jeopardy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and all of us lore dummies like me and Joel, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll sit off to the side as judge and just put up like pull up the TF wiki and stuff. <laughs> God, yeah, that's. that's... <laughs> That'll hurt my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but now that we've established that you are also a uh, Lord nerd guy, uh, what are some things from the IP or otherwise that you'd like to see the design team bring into uh, the Transformers TCG? Um, minicons that, ter- that uh, turn in like the, the remember the the minicon teams from Armada, like the Requiem Blaster, the Star Saber. I do not. You're uh, forgetting so the best were... one, the Sky Boom Shield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man. <laughs> anyway, the, <laughs> uh, so there were teams of uh, mini cons. They were basically micromasters, but they were just, you know, mini cons. Anyway, uh, they could uh, transform into their respective alt modes, their robot modes, but they could also combine and plug into each other to create weapons. So the uh, Requiem Blaster was like the most powerful weapon of all time, and uh, Megatron ends up using it to uh, kill uh, Longarm. And he just like, it was Smokescreen. No, never mind, it was Smokescreen he killed. You blew a hole right through him. Uh, there was uh, the Star Saber. It makes you invincible if you're holding it. And it's, it's uh, turns into a lightsaber. It's the coolest thing. And I really, really hope that they kind of make that happen. I don't know how they would do it, even if it was like double, like uh, those triple-sided cards. Uh, I don't, I don't even know. But I really hope that they end up making the uh, like the, the Requiem Blaster a thing, because it would be a nice bridge between a MicroMaster and a Target Master. True. I actually, Minicons one of the things that I've I've wondered if they're going to bring into the game too. So interesting to see you also think that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it's pretty obvious that I'm the least knowledgeable Transformers IP, uh, the anti-lore nerd guy on the team, <laughs> if you will. So I will ask you a strategy question. Let's see if we can uh, see if we can help some of the listeners out there just a little bit tonight with some strategy. Uh, so I wanted to ask you uh, if you had to pick, say, the top three things, top three points or facets or or, or however you want to phrase it, uh, aspects of the game that would really help someone improve their skill at this game. Uh, what do you think those three things would be to emphasize and why? So the first thing that I can definitely say that you should do, if you're trying to get better at the game, is don't think about what you need to do next. Think about what your opponent needs to do next. So if you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, uh, what he needs to do to beat me is this. Then you can plan around that. You're planning for the eventuality of you losing the game instead of just assuming you're going to come out on top, right? So, like, if your opponent has a field of uh, just a, like a a really strong attacker and two really small guys, like for example, like a Galaxy Prime deck, like is your strategy should not be how do I pick this apart? It's how do I make my opponent pick himself apart? Because you're really trying to plan for what your opponent is trying to do. Because you need to find flaws in their plan, not flaws in yours. If you find the flaw in theirs, your flaws don't matter as much. Because <laughs> you, can, you can always counter theirs. Uh, that's the big thing that I can definitely say, is just plan ahead like that. Uh, the next thing I can definitely say is any spare moment think about the game and think about what you want to do with it right so like build lists always think about different strategies different ideas always just have your mind just on the game at any point in time and eventually good ideas will come to you a bunch of bad ideas will come to you but a bunch of good ideas will come to you eventually and the third thing that i can definitely recommend is don't get caught up in a pocket meta. A lot of people seem to think, oh, wow, this does really, really well at my locals. Because it does really well against 
Fortress Maximus, or wow, this thing really beats Trypticon, <laughs> or wow, this thing, I don't even know what people are talking about with, with uh, Sky Shadow, I, I beat my friend's Sky Shadow uh, Red Alert deck really easy. It's just, if, if you get into the idea that the entire game is based on your local meta, you don't break out of that mold. You don't improve as a player because you're just constantly held back by that idea that you're already the best that you are because you've beaten your friend group. Uh, so the best thing you can do to combat that is look online, find local meta, like find metas that are not your own, and see what they're playing. And listen to and- podcasts that talk about meta games. <laughs> that too. <laughs> And you can proxy up decks of the meta and then take them to your locals and just say, hey, uh, Tom, you want to play this deck? And you sit in front of them and then they play the deck and then you can actually start to build a more uh, accurate meta. I think accurate is is a good word um, to describe that. But either way, break out of the mold that you that your locals are the only thing that matters. That's that's the only thing that that I can say to truncate that out. Yeah, uh, actually, I think it's hilarious. The second point you mentioned was to just like think about the game, be active when you have spare moments or spare brain space. Because I think I've mentioned probably hundreds of times by this point that uh, the way that I engage with games is often pretty compulsive. Like I never really stop thinking about them. And I think our Google Drive is really illustrative of the principle that 80% of the decks that I build are utter trash. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and 80 is maybe even conservative, right? Like. <laughs> The, the vast majority of the decks that I build are bad, but sometimes what those bad decks teach me is that a certain interaction between a battle card and a character, or a certain lineup has an interesting synergy between two characters, right? Or that certain types oh, of yeah. lineups are generally better, at, like as far as an axis goes, right? For example, like the HP heads, at least at this time, being the best heads of the ones we've seen on Titan Masters, right? Um, so like I think that's a really interesting point um, and something that I personally also would super, super recommend to people. Oh, yeah. Speaking exactly. of keeping your mind on the game, how are you personally engaging with the game during all this crazy stuff and shelter-in-place going on? And how are you enjoying it while you're doing that? Uh, well, for one, I've been, you know, more than ever, just kind of sitting on my phone, just going like, what about this idea? And I just type out a new deck. <laughs> like, uh, and I've been... Uh, there, there, there's a, a local tournament every month that's been going on, and it's like it's sort of a win a box tournament, but it's not. Um, it's unofficial. It's just hey, everybody, come out, wear your masks, bring your hand sanitizer, hang out, play some cards, and it's been awesome to just go out and actually hang out with people. I've been doing that. I've been proxying decks. I've been just kind of sitting there, like you know, just playtesting with myself. Like I, I sit on my bed and just lay out two decks right next to each other and just say, okay, it's your turn now. Play out a turn. Okay, your turn now. And look up at the time. Oh, it's one in the morning? Time for another game. (laughs) And that's like, that's really like what I've done in the past and that's really what I've been doing now is just kind of grind out games. All right, well, I think the last thing we wanted to ask you before uh, we close this section is probably just, do you have any questions for us, man? Things that you're curious about or uh, that you want to surprise us with since this is a completely unplanned segment? 
I know Kent likes uh, Beast Wars. Uh, do you guys like what? What are your other guys' uh, favorite things? Like, what's what's your like? Do, are any other Unicron trilogy fans in here, or is it just me? Any other Prime fans? Uh, so I'm I'm really weird because I knew of the franchise, but I never like yeah I just liked the idea. I never watched it. I did. I remember one episode. No, I remember I remember one episode of Beast Wars, but I don't remember anything else other than the rat character. <laughs> so I know I know I watched Beast Wars, but I don't remember any of it. But the the time I really started getting invested in the IP was um, when the uh, video games came out, the uh, War for Cybertron specifically. Oh. When that game came out, that was that was also the time that uh, Cybertron, I believe, was airing. So I just like kind of dove into that into the franchise from there and i've been more connected to it before you know the tcg and all that stuff but yeah that's pretty much where i i'm at lore wise and i don't even remember any of the lore from cybertron so i knew that transformers existed but i i didn't really uh do a whole lot with transformers but my brother used to play with transformers he's about six years older than me so it was just like slightly before i'm not gonna i guess not before my time i mean kent's super into it and we're the same age so so I, I I was just into other things when I was a kid, and and I, I guess I sort of got where I knew about Transformers again when when the movies came out. I mean, like the the bad movies, the, the, the Bay movies, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, the the, the Bay movies. So like uh, I, I mean, I liked the new Bumblebee. That that was really good. And I didn't think that the first Transformers movie was that bad, but but they got progressively worse. Every, everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, all right. That I like. I like one and three. One and three are I. I think very good movies. Well, anyway, uh, I. I mean, like my my knowledge of the of the Transformers goes about as deep as my knowledge of say uh, the Marvel universe, which is to say that it's only what I've seen in the movies. Really, like I didn't know anything about Iron Man or Thor or anybody before any of the movies. So, uh, so yeah, I, I. I really. I'm just a competitive kind of guy. Uh, competitive gamer and Kent showed me the game and and uh, I decided to pick it up and give it a shot and I, I really enjoy playing it and I and I, I think that the the format of the game is really is really a lot of fun and uh, like you were talking about with with magic I used to play magic having too much land or not having enough land or whatever like the, I know the, the, the uncontrollable laughter about getting a land flood <laughs> the, 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 the game the game really uh, lends itself uh, more to skill than than to I'm not saying that magic is nothing but luck all right but there is yeah. there certainly is a larger luck factor when it comes to things like that than there are in transformers where your where your main resources already start in play yeah um, let's see Lore-wise, uh, I think when I was growing up, like I, I definitely watched the cartoons of Minicons because I have like vivid recollections of Minicons, right? Like of uh, Starscream and his. Um, I, you know, I, I joked about. I don't actually remember the Sky Boom Shield. I remember Minicon teams, right? But um, I remember the weapons. You don't remember the shield. The shield does basically nothing, right? Like, ooh, yeah. it guards you, right? Um, but I remember the blaster and the star saber. Like I remember those things pretty vividly. And I also have uh, intermittent memories about Beast Wars uh, generally. Um, I don't think I could pinpoint a specific episode because I think there was literally just like a fog of my life where I watched a lot of television, uh, like after school and stuff like that. And so that's when it came on for me. Um, but as far as the game goes, I, like I think I got back into the game like shortly, not shortly, but um, in a not too far window after I watched the new Bumblebee movie that came out. 
um, uh, not that long ago. I guess like a couple of years ago. It's like over a year ago now, but um, maybe even two years. I don't even know. That's not the point. The point here is that we're, we're talking about like experience with the lore and stuff like that. Um, and but that's not why I got into the game. I got into the game because I was home for the holidays, bored and saw the Transformers TCG and Target. So my brother and I uh, picked a couple packs up and then, you know, lo and behold, here I am now recording <laughs> this podcast. It's mostly a blur. <laughs> cool. So for me, I grew up watching the television show as a very, very young kid. And my parents turned it on one day and I was just instantly mesmerized. And it's kind of been that way ever since. Uh, my dad bought me the first Transformers comic book that I uh, ever owned. And that has just spiraled way, way, way out of control. <laughs> um, I own quite a few of the Transformers uh, figures, especially from Beast Wars. Um, I own almost every Beast Wars figure that they made that the character was actually on one of the three seasons of the show. Nice. I think I'm missing like one. I know Scorpion um, is your like favorite, right, Kent? Say what? Scorponok is your favorite guy? No, no, no. No? Well, in G1, yes. And, you know, Headmasters and in the comics, by far he's my favorite character of the comics besides Autobot Megatron, which is a different continuity altogether. But anyways, uh, yeah, Scorponok in Beast Wars was not the leader mastermind. Yeah. You know, the... He was kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was just kind of a, a grunt. Um, he had a snake on his tail. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't that great in that show. Um, he's kind of like Rocksteady and Bebop from Ninja Turtles. Just I love them. Kind of dumb and clunky and all that kind of stuff. So. Side note, those are the types of characters I play in every game. The, the big, dumb, and clunky ones, I love those characters. <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite. <laughs> so I, I'm eagerly awaiting hopefully several expansions of Beast Wars um, sometime in the future. Um, I ordered two uh, Unicrons uh, last year, and I'm anxiously Wait. awaiting those. Are you talking about the uh, the, the Hazlab? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. My man. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't not... find the price tag on that one, but I have uh, I have uh, an Armada Unicron sitting on my shelf. I have uh, one of those too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, my brother and I both got one as uh, when we were kids, um, and we just kind of like had two Unicrons whenever we would play with our Transformers. It was like, all right, we're working with this. <laughs> but yeah, no, like legitimately, Unicron is awesome. I, I love that guy. Sweet. And uh, for a lot of people who may not know because of COVID, like the new Transformers comic uh, that is releasing by Simon Furman, who is regarded as probably the best Transformers comic writer there's ever been. He constantly gets asked back to do new books and stuff. the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. So he's doing a prequel to the G1 series called Transformers 84. G zero, 
<laughs> yeah, so it's it's actually started with Zero, and now it's like its own little line that's a prequel line to it. So, how, how does he kill off so many characters then? Like, Fernand <laughs> loves killing off characters. It's like, how do I make this a robot snuff film and a prequel? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the, uh, but yes, yeah, like, speaking of robot snuff films, uh, what was your favorite uh, Transformers video games? Uh, because. I had a I had a lot of experience with the Transformers video games. They were very fun parts of my life. Do, do you guys play any of those at all? Like, actually, just just in general, like, what video games do you play? Because like, I play Valorant, I play Overwatch, I play uh, a lot of those game kind of games. So, like, what kind of video games do you guys all play? I mean, uh, for me, I, I definitely like played the War for Cybertron games when they came out. I actually loved those as far as Transformers games goes. Um, my brother and I both played those. Uh, he honestly, a lot of the way that I engage with video games is with him. In fact, during like shelter in place, probably outside of Transformers, my other major, not interest, but like uh, thing that I've spent time on has been playing League of Legends with my brother. Let's be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be openly, op- open disclaimer here. One, I am not as toxic as the majority of the community that is notorious <laughs> for League of Legends. <laughs> Two, I am not as talented as the community that plays League of Legends. <laughs> I'm a bit of a trash player. I'm just, the problem is the dexterity. I just, like, games with dexterity are not, I wish that I wish that I was better at them, but I'm just not. I just don't have that. And so, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy them. Let's be perfectly clear, I thoroughly enjoy them, but I'm gonna, you know, make my living in silver bronze on the ranked ladder for forever, and I'm okay with that. I've made my peace. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I generally stick with, like, action, adventure, turn-based RPGs, that kind of stuff. But I've, like, basically the Transformers games was, like, my first actual shooters because, I, if you didn't know, I'm Asian. And I have Asian parents. So the fact that uh, shooting someone with a gun is, like, blasphemous. So I, I never got to experience, like, Halo or, like, Call of Duty or any of that stuff during that day. But um, Transformers is basically, like, my first shooter. And I dabble in some shooters here and there but that's generally been that's generally what i play video games wise video games are a really big uh part of my life uh, maybe not right now uh, anybody that has uh kids that the ages of mine <laughs> mine are three and five knows that uh video game time isn't very widely available <clears throat> uh really so but up until i had kids i, I played all sorts of games i've played uh RPGs and shooters, and actually, my my wife is uh, is a a senior buyer at the GameStop corporate office. So, so video games are a really big part of of what goes on in my house. So, uh, yeah, now, nowadays, I mean, I, I I love playing like Call of Duty uh, shooters. Shooters are definitely my favorite favorite these these days especially since an rpg uh you know the rpgs when i was a kid man i thought that a 20 hour rpg was a really long game and now if you're you know if you're not getting like 80 hours of gameplay out of your rpg you feel kind of ripped off and i just don't have time to play a game that takes that long to play so uh most of my gaming actually at this point is mobile yeah yeah because i can because i can well, because I can play it for like you know five minutes and then put it back down, which I can't I can't do if I'm trying to play Call of Duty or something like that. And actually, the first time I'm, I'm a I'm a very intense gamer, so so uh, I was still trying to play things like Call of Duty when my when my first son was born, and and uh, the first time I I screamed at my TV because of the lag. Uh, 
my son had this really who was still a baby. I mean, he was like three or four months old, had this uh, really afraid look on his face. I went, well, and we're done playing that forever. Oh, <laughs> unfortunate. Because I'm just way too intense yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, with it. So, anyways, yeah, I, I, I love I love video games. But no, I've never played any Transformers video games. So there there again, I'm the, the anti-lore <laughs> guy. <laughs> so you should, okay, man, you should try uh, Devastation. It's a, it's a brawler game. You should probably check it out. Yeah, like, I'm a huge fan of Transformers Devastation. Uh, that game's really, really incredible. It's G1, G1 uh, cartoon art style, but with more vibrant colors and HD graphics. Um, <laughs> the, the story's not amazing, but you're not playing it for the story. You're playing it because you get to be Transformers and beat up other bots, and <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge gamer. Like, the moment a new system is released, I have it day one. Um, you gonna get a PS5? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even if even if it's a Decepticon? Especially if it's a Decepticon. Yeah, I would that. definitely have a Decepticon in my house. I would definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love fighting games a lot. I used to run a... Uh, I used to be a tournament organizer for many fighting games in the early, late 2000s, early 2010s. Like what? Um, so like Street Fighter 4 and when Mortal Kombat came back and Tekken and uh, Blaze Blue, Guilty Gear, that kind of stuff. So I'm Skull huge. Yeah, yeah. I'm just huge into fighting games and Boy, VR has changed gaming for me at a level that I never thought was possible. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like pe- people who haven't tried like a true AAA VR game, like think it's just some novelty BS, and they would be right. But there and are then they s- put up Alex. <laughs> yeah, then they play uh, VR Alex or Fallout Four VR. Um, and it, it is just, it is unbelievable the paradigm shift that has happened. And you, you're, you are in Skyrim. You're not playing at a screen. You are in Skyrim. It is just unbelievable. And there's this new program called Vorpix. And you can install it on your PC. And it will turn almost any game. It will allow you to play a mod that will turn almost any game into VR. Red Dead Redemption 2, VR. Bioshock Infinite, VR. Um, The Witcher 3, VR. I mean, and it's just like, you thought that you loved those games, but then when you are in them, dude, it is unlike any other experience you've ever had with a video game. I I know I'm a a big Half-Life fan. I really love Half-Life. And when I uh, booted up Alex for the first time, like I like I even played Gary's mod all the time, so like I know what a head crab looks like, right? <laughs> and I know like <laughs> like that's like oh it's a head crab, it's not even scary. But like when you're in VR, head crabs and head crab zombies are horrifying. Like oh my god, <laughs> like they, I can't believe they actually made these. 20 year old uh, enemies like actually scary again and it's, it's really really impressive what they can do with VR and my brother actually does a lot of development for VR games that's something he's been, he's doing he's starting his own business on but uh, yeah 
That's awesome. Very cool. Well, um, I thanks for the question, Span. Uh, hopefully, you you know enjoyed getting to kind of like, you know, uh, I guess describe or give some background on yourself to the people out there listening. And on a note to take it just a little bit back into the strategy realm before we uh, send things out, I thought I'd do a viewer question. Awesome. Um, we made a post today, and uh, first off, big thanks to everybody who commented. There was a there was actually a, quite a bit of engagement. We got uh, fuel for a couple of weeks now, which is awesome. Um, so Christian Young, friend of the podcast, asks, what are you guys' thoughts on the overall effectiveness of stratagems in the game from a design standpoint? Watsi said multiple times that stratagems are intended to give players extra options in deck building, but with 30 of them available, I've only really seen three get any actual play. Would you say from their goal point they succeeded or failed, and what things do you think could be improved on the mechanic if not? Cool. I think they were really just dipping their toe into the water with stratagems on this set. Um, very much like Black Pips in Siege 1. So most of the Black Pip cards just weren't that strong and just didn't have enough bots or other Black Pip cards that went together to totally support it like it does now. Um, so stratagems... A lot of them are on the the weaker side or just a one-time cool little bonus thing that you can get. Um, and I think that in the future, we'll see some that are better. I think it's just, it's a new mechanic. They really want to see how the hive mind does with it first before they just really push down the accelerator on it. And I kind of think that that's why they chose the wave two srt bots to start with a lot of people are like oh those bots weren't that great to begin with and this just doesn't help them enough there's only one way to see you know how much of a power boost it should give them i would love to see something for you know multiple stratagems on one character uh, where you can only pick one, but you might sideboard this into this one uh, against a certain matchup or strategy uh, to change things up. You know, you have a one-star stratagem and a two-star stratagem. You might even have a three-star stratagem or multiple one-star stratagems, and you just use the one that you want to build around. It's very, very exciting as far as like a design space just for me to think in, and I can't wait to see what they do with it next. I do agree with Kent and the fact that like, I think they've just been dipping their toes in it. I don't think they've like actually shown us what they can do with, with uh, stratagems, but I can definitely say that some of the really interesting things they can do is manipulate the way you can build your deck. Uh, something that I've really liked seeing is people say, oh, well, I want to play all Decepticons so I can play the Villainous Spotlight or whatever. Or I want to play all of these so I can get this bonus. Um, I really like that aspect of it. And I can definitely see, like, for example, uh, down the line having stratagems to say, if you have all cars, uh, do something. Or if you have all vanilla characters, they get a buff of some sort. Uh, I like the idea of a strategy of like, changing the way you build your team around it. And having that nice, interesting bonus for like a... an incentive to build your deck in a different way than you normally would. And perhaps in a less efficient way than you normally would. 
Uh, another thing that I really enjoy about it is I really hope that they replace Enigmas with stratagems. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate Enigmas so much. <laughs> but uh, I, I really, really dislike the idea of, oh, I can't play an action this turn because I gotta combine my character. And I love Sky Shadow Sync because it just takes that and just puts it in a pocket thing you can just do whenever. And I really hope they take uh, uh, like combination enigmas and they just turn them into stratagems. So from a design perspective, I think they probably did pretty good with it. Because if you boil it down to it, some of some of them are interesting because they do either they make something better, i.e. Uh, Cosmos, or they do a little like quirky things like the S, like the wave two SRTs. Like um, they have mo they have multiple traits or. Uh, an upgrade gives them something else on top of whatever they normally have or something like that. But yeah, the design point is pretty unique and interesting and something that is very unique to this game. But uh, from the competitive standpoint, I don't know. The offset, the first stratagem we saw was Cosmos' stratagem and that just straight up made the character better. Like, no question about it. You don't play Cosmos without that stratagem now. And that kind of just set the tone even though they said that later down the line that none of, not all the stratagems are designed to be to make the character more competitive but to enhance deck building and because of that first stratagem it didn't quite line up what what the design team had in mind and what competitive players had in mind so when they saw stratagems like oh this character has the playing trait is like i don't want to play that because that just makes my character worse stats and in comparison to another character that would make him the same stat or star cost or whatever so things like that are probably where like the messaging between stratagems between the uh, player base and the uh, design team are being sorted out, and they'll they'll get better as we see them for as we see them later down the line. But uh, from a design standpoint, yeah, I, I love them. They're they're really really strong. I think that stratagems are a huge success for what they were trying to accomplish with them. I mean, if if only three are getting paid in, played in competitive play, well, uh, fine. I mean, every player that plays the game isn't. Uh, a competitive player, and every card they design isn't meant to be a constructed worthy card, uh, or a competitive constructed worthy card. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, casual players out there that, that play this game. I mean, there's probably more casual players than there are competitive players playing playing this game, and so maybe maybe those three stratagems that he's talking about, they don't even care about those stratagems. Uh, you know, if it's a casual environment that people are playing in, I mean, a very casual environment, like people that just play around the kitchen table or something, or or a father and son that just play this game together, they might be like, yeah, this this uh, Sky Shadow Sync card is pretty neat, but let's not let's just not play that. It's too it's too strong. It, it makes it not fun. And I, I can totally see that. So so those other the, those other twenty seven stratagems are, are are going to see play. I mean, I, I'm not going to play. Uh, wave one cup just because he has a stratagem, but that doesn't mean that somebody else hasn't been sitting around just dying to, to play that card just because Cup is their is their favorite character, and and that just made their favorite character even cooler for them. So I think I think that what they were going for with the stratagems uh, definitely definitely paid off. If there's only if there's only three getting played competitively, then that leaves 27 others that that uh, that Spike doesn't really care about so much, and and other people can play. So. Uh, yeah, I think I actually I think they probably did hit it out of the park with stratagems because because here we are talking about it and, and, and we're really hoping that they continue making them. Stratagems are great. 
I think you actually kind of hit on the head, Joel. <clears throat> I know occasionally you and I disagree about things. I agree. I don't think that I don't think stratagems were originally aimed at competitive level play, with the exception of like a couple of the ones that are kind of obviously done so. Right? Like I think that I actually think that even one of the wave two super rare stratagem was aimed at competitive play. I think uh, this Starscream Decepticon King stratagem, the Usurper, they gave him four extra health. I think that was aimed at competitive play. I think that's where that was targeted. I think they just didn't know quite how powerful the Wave 5 metagame was going to be. <laughs> I also think that Sky Shadow Sync was, I mean, duh. We're like, duh. Oh, oh my gosh, obviously that card is aimed at competitive play. It's three stars for one star. It's an easy trade and an untap. It's insane. And then, like you said earlier, Kai, Cosmos is stratagem. I think it's Orbital Strike. If mm -hmm. That one's just like a strict upgrade. Uh, for that character, so there's, there's not really any way to play him without playing that stratagem. Of the ones I mentioned, though, I think really only Sky Shadow Sync is super playable. I think Sky Shadow Sync, the spotlights, um, once Autobots are playable again at some point down the line, and Stealth Mission are probably the playable ones, right? Um, I think if you got 10% of the cards you printed that, that were a new mechanic you didn't know the power level of, or the reception of, like the potential reception of, I think that's pretty good. I think, generally speaking, Watsi was a little taken aback by how uh, by the positive reception that Stratagems received. Um, I think one of the things that you can you can look at it that way, right? Like, so when we interviewed Drew, he asked us, "Do you think that uh, you guys would like to see Stratagems be an evergreen thing?" Which to me reads as they maybe weren't really sure they were going to bring them back all that often, but they're, that question feels like they're trying to take community feedback. Um, and if something is a popular mechanic, like use it, right? Like bring it back. You know, when people like a thing, if there's fun inherently contained within a, a mechanic, uh, whether it's deck building uh, intrigue or whether it's uh, different gameplay based on whether or not you want to play the strategy with particular characters, um, like I think that's something that is really smart of them to be paying attention to. Another one reason why I like, or I guess I love how much the the community team for TFTCG like actually interacts with the community. Um, I love that about them. Um, no, something yeah. that I actually wanted to touch on again, actually, just with uh, uh, with the stratagems, another direction they could go is I love what they did with Windsweeper and Pounce, where that's this one-time kind of GX attack. Like in Pokemon, there's a GX attack you can only use once per game, and I love the idea of having those as well that they can bring in. And I think if they bring that in and make them like global effects, that's an evergreen system right there. They can just have as, oh, here's just something you can do once per game. This is something you can just have on your field. I, I honestly love stratagems a lot. And the full art on the back is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the reason I want some of them. Just to be <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm glad we got to address that question. Thanks again, Christian. Um, and for all of you guys who are maybe waiting for your question to be answered, trust me, we're going to get to those because we had a great bunch of them that were commenting today. Um, I believe that will bring us to the close of episode 21 of the Transform Your Game podcast. Big shout out to Matt, our newest member of the Transform Your Game team. Uh, we're pumped to have you on board as part of the crew. Uh, speaking of things we're pumped about, each of us here on the cast massively appreciates all of you out there in the ether listening, whatever platform you're on. You can find our other episodes and more down the line on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever your podcast needs get met. Uh, there will certainly be some links in the description for you to help you out. And if you found the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. We look forward to being back to speak to all y'all next week. But until that time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose. <laughs>